Hey, it's a how's it, guys? Welcome back to Freedom Fanatics. I'm your rejigged host as Sheldon returns back to university. So I'll be leading us, but not into temptation, as we wade through the, the waters of South African politics and ideology. Guys, Tioko and Sheldon, thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are kicking off with a story that uh, developed over the weekend. Uh, and it's just so ridiculous, we just couldn't... Uh, we couldn't not talk about it. Uh, and this comes from our dear Presidente, uh, Comrade Cyril Ramaphosa, back down from his previous comments uh, at... Let me, let me actually... Let me, let me give it to you. Do you want to give us some context as to the, what actually happened here? So he's back down from comments. Um, just give us the story here. Well, I think the, the story is quite simple. Uh, the ANC has been in governance for some time now. They have failed to maintain ESCOM and to maintain public electricity infrastructure that belongs to ESCOM. And now we have gotten to a point whereby they are failing to supply us with electricity. It's time to now find solutions to the crisis. The only crisis that the only solution that they are able to come up with is to well, the proposal that was made by Ramaphosa last week as to how we can fix the electricity crisis in South Africa is that we rebuild an ESCOM 201. That's a proposal that he made last week, and that's a, the exact program that he went against. Um, mm. uh, yeah, that's that's it. I'm sorry. I have a bit of flu today, so my thoughts are all over. Please bear with me. No, that's not, but, not a problem. Yeah. So, so essentially, the, he made the initial comments was that at the SACP... Um, conference last week um, that we needed a new ESCOM to challenge ESCOM. Um, and I mean, we have to, what I want to focus on here is the crowd that he was talking to. So I think this is quite, and this is the angle I want to take yeah. is to think about how he speaks to the audience that he wants to please. Um, so at the SACP conference, he's talking to a bunch of communists who love state power. They love uh, state intervention um, and you know talking to a crowd and resonates so it, it, is is Cyril a bit of a a, a people pleaser because um, he also he said like he endorsed this idea that was put forward by Gwere Mantashe the Minister of Mineral Resources um, is he just playing lip service to, to whoever he's speaking in front of yeah no I think I think you are absolutely correct on this one Alex and it's an observation I had not yet made my mind is quite slow this morning again but I think I think that's how he is generally right but that's that's just generally how the ANC is because they don't have a particular ideology that they subscribe to as an organization I I forgot what they refer to themselves as but I think they call themselves an umbrella organization or something of that nature mm. so they have a tendency of uh, going to different sections of society and saying different things to different people at different times. Uh, they say to you what they know you want to hear. Mm. So when it's time to engage with business, they say to businesses that, hey, we are going to remove some of the standing blockades that, 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 that don't make it possible for businesses to excel very well. We are going to privatize the, 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 this particular sector and whatnot and that. When they speak mm. to the SACP, as you have correctly 
uh, uh, identified in this situation. They speak to the SACP knowing that it's about government power. And so they tell it a story that it wants to hear, that we're going to give more power to the government. Mm. But that that's, that's just the nature of the kind of politics that the ANC preaches. But we also see that in, 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 in your PAC politics, EFF politics, and, and, mm. and other organizations such as those ones who really are aligned to the ANC. It's, it's, it's really bad, I think, the situation, Joe. No, absolutely. Sholin, what are, your, what are your thoughts about And I think what's important here, and I think there's something that we need to try and really get through, is, you know, Tiago says that, you know, it doesn't really matter, like, the ideology that they're speaking uh, to or about. Um, but, you know, they, they do have, at, its, at their core, a founding document called the National Democratic Revolution, this obviously being the ANC. They've been in a tripartite alliance with the SACP. The SACP is talking about, oh, well, I think every year they come up with a statement saying, oh, we're going to break away, we're going to run by ourselves. And <laughs> I don't know if we can ever see that come true. But um, what do you think about a, a second ESCOM to, to challenge ESCOM? Um, you know, giving the state will just do everything. Yeah, that is a terrible idea, and we've seen that over and over again. Um, I must say that the idea of a second ESCOM um, coming from the ANC, I don't think it's as ludicrous as it sounds, because mm. it will just be another man- money pit for them to steal um, millions from, and mm. so they need another, uh, another, another bag in which they get rid of the money, essentially, um, because we know that they will loot that state-owned um, entity once again, just like mm-hmm. they have ESCOM. And just on the point of um, essentially, Dramaposa does not have a backbone. Um, that is no surprise at this point because he is literally the master politician, mm-hmm. I think. He's literally the president, which makes him the master politician because he knows exactly what to say and in front of who he needs to say it. Um, when he speaks, as you said, Alex, in front of a um, communist. Um, organization like the communist party then he's all about state-owned um control and you know what mm. and centralizing power um but when he speaks um in front of um the countries like the united states um and in front of president biden and international um presidents like john boris johnson and all of these european mm. um countries then he's the one who champions um you know what we need to transition away from iscom and to green energy um, mm. So bring us all of your millions, um, first world <laughs> countries, invest in our country, let us use solar power and all of these very, very nice things. Um, then he's the first one to champion those things because that's where the, the money lies. Um, but when he comes back home and he sees that his comrades are not on board with it and they want coal power, um, they want more um, mining rights, whatever the case may be, um, <clears throat> then he's definitely on board with that. Mm. But eventually we'll see that it catches um, um, up with him because as we know that when you try to stand for everything, you will eventually end up standing for absolutely nothing. And mm. that's exactly what we see with um, Ramaphosa right now. Yeah, I think it's also crazy because the it's it's for me, the thing that really stuck out is really how you just play the tune to your crowd. And I don't think there's not a single South African who appreciates lurching or likes the idea of uh, you know every year there's there's price hikes for electricity so this just it wouldn't resonate with uh, with any of the public surely. yeah Alex no you're absolutely right there um, that's exactly um, what Ramaphosa and his 
and his other ministers like Wiedem Tasse do, they are the biggest complainers of ESCOM or load shedding, as if they are not the ones in charge of giving a direction. So mm. it makes no sense to me at all. No, absolutely. And I, th- I think uh, this is this is kind of how we would uh, sum up the the decisions that that these people are making. Just a bunch yeah. of unbearable, useless individuals. Um, Tiago, <laughs> your I final think, thoughts. I think, <laughs> I think it's quite correct, but I don't think we should undermine Ramaphosa mm. at all. I think there are politics that he stands for. If anything, mm. I think he's more of a communist than begin zoom away or maybe at least in practice he's been pushing for communism more than anyone else has been we saw with him coming in pushing for minimum wage we saw that coming into into place it's something that your bakeys your zoomers have been making noise about mm-hmm. for a very long time but we had never really seen it in parliament being pushed at that level we also saw with the nhi there is now really progress around that whole thing they had been preaching it for years but no one actually pushed for it to be implemented now we also saw the, 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 land, the land question getting into parliament on a serious note last year. And all these things are happening under his leadership. He reminds me of Mugabe in a way, because he's so soft-spoken, but in action, when you look at the actual political moves or actual policy moves he's making in governance, much as he's, he's, he's playing this politics outside government, there is something that he's playing towards. And it's quite clearly exactly what you mentioned, Alex. Uh, the NDR is mm. quite clearly at a practical level what we are moving towards. But at a political level, he acts all confused and all of that. So I think he's a very dangerous human being mm. uh, or a dangerous yeah. politician, at least, that we must be quite careful mm. of uh, if we are to to protect South Africa, sure. Mm. Yeah, Igor made a really good point there, Alex, um, mm. where you're basically saying that um, unlike his predecessors, um, we actually see that Tramposa is a is actually low-key a communist um, because I think under, um, you know, Beck and Nelson Mandela, it was very more like a kind of like a liberal pro- approach um, to mm. things like the like economics and so forth. And then we see um, um, Zuma being more of like a traditionalist. He was very conservative, I mm. think. Um, and now we're actually seeing um, Ramaphosa actually going to the far, on the far left side of things. Um, because of all of the things that he's actually championing and pushing mm. through. So, yeah, while he has the image of being a reformist, um, yeah. not that he's reforming. So I think we've touched on a lot of good things this morning, and I thought what I want to do actually is, I, I was, wasn't planning, but I, a, a video was shared um, in a group on the weekend, and I want to yeah. play it for you guys, um, and then we can discuss it, because I think it ties into a lot of what we've been speaking about. And this clip actually... Um, comes from the, I think it's the most recent Gauteng uh, re- uh, regional conference wow, where they elected Panyazali Sufi to be the provincial leader. Um, and I think that this this club actually does a lot, you know, from the ANC itself that it explains, I think, what we all, what we're describing. But let's let's hear it from the horse's mouth as such. The budget of the Gauteng provincial government amounts to 149 billion rands. Things that we know as we speak now, that the 44.9 billion in Tswani is not in our hands, that the 73 billion in Johannesburg is not in our hands, that the 51 billion in uh, Ekuruleni is not in our hands. I want to argue we are not at the crossroad. When you are at the crossroads, you have an option. You have an option of taking the right path or you have an option of taking the wrong path. 
We are not at the crossroads. We have already chosen the wrong party. ANC had at its disposal access to 350 billion rands per annum. We constitute 33% of the GDP of this country. So one in three um, size of the economy of this country resides in Gauteng. So we have a choice. We have a choice to continue carrying ourselves in the manner that we have carried ourselves. Then the fate of Swani, the fate of Johannesburg, the fate of Ekruleni, the fate of Mukhali, going to befell the Gauteng provincial government and will not have the levers to exploit the state for the advancement of the national democratic revolution. And ultimately, who's the casualty? The majority of our people. Budget. Hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> could, could not have said it better ourselves. We yes, have, exactly. we have yeah. 350 billion rand that we, can, that we cannot exploit here for. These guys really believe that the public's money is their money. They, 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 I think there's something wrong with them at a mental level. I don't think it's just politics anymore and not understanding. I think fundamentally there's something wrong with them. They are really convinced that the public purse belongs to them. How do you say that we had so much money as an organization? I mean, isn't it that you are elected as a political party to enter into the government? Not that the government enters into the political party and the money becomes the party's money. It doesn't make logical sense. But unfortunately, it is what the ANC has become over the years. And I'm, I'm quite glad. In Sipedi, we have what we call in, 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 in African traditions, actually, and it's a bit funny. Uh, we call it when, when someone is a witch and, and there's a revealing at some point, they, 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 they are revealed under the sun. I think it's exactly what's happening here. These are really devils and they are being revealed under the sun. It's, it's a beautiful day in South Africa. I hope South Africans come 2024 and upcoming years. They do head and listen to what these guys are really saying and do vote for someone who, who will prioritize them and understand that the public's money belongs to the public, that it should serve the public and, and, and not any political party. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with the echo. I think the best thing that, um, especially in Gauteng, that where we see that when um, there's an alternative, um, alternative political parties who are now in coalition the government, you know, taking over, the moment they close the taps on the tenders and the contracts that go to ANC um, cadres, you immediately see um, the organization start throwing tantrums like this. And it's the same thing that happened in the Western Cape as well when the ANC mm. lost power. Once the once the money taps dry up, um, the party completely collapses on itself because it's the money that keeps them loyal to one another. And one of the best things that um, the alternative political parties or citizens can do is, um, you know, I focus on getting things right and the ANC will implode on itself. But it's just solely based on the fact that there's no more money for them. Um, and yeah, that's that's the best thing we can do for ourselves is to focus on making sure this country runs um, for us um, and let them destroy themselves in the corner over there. Yeah, I, th I think what we're seeing happening, and it, it, I think what the two kind of stories reveal here is that it, it, they're they're getting desperate and they're giving yes. they they're not be, being able to keep their their cards close enough to the chest. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And yeah, when the rubber hits the road, unfortunately. Uh, 
that's you start the magician starts revealing their tricks just throwing in yeah. all the metaphors that i can yeah, yeah. um but uh yeah as we said just a bunch of unbearable useless individuals um but um guys so to before we wrap up i actually just want to i want to share with you guys um the latest article that um that Tioko actually penned for for us and then we'll jump into burning questions with mbali um and we're just going to take a bit of a tangent here and just dive into a little bit of ide ideological stuff and i think because Tioko, you wrote this piece about just very very nice short piece about 10 quotes um from uh an eco former economist uh frederick frederick hayek um, do you want to just give us a bit of background before we jump into burning questions, why you chose uh, Friedrich Hayek? And maybe for people who don't know who he is, just a bit of bit of background about him. Yeah, no, I had been thinking about him for a while and then and, and trying to figure out what liberty means for me as Diego, at least. Mm. But uh, having reflected on people's work, people such as uh, Frederick Hayek himself, and a, a brilliant economist, a classical, econo a classical liberal economist, mm. who really has always made logical, logical conclusions in his work, right? And so I thought, what, what, what does liberty mean essentially when, when I reflect on his work? And, mm. and, and for me, I found that liberty essentially means that allowing the individual to be themselves at the fullest capacity possible. So be yourself as much as possible, so long as you don't step on the next person's foot. And I think that he is one of those people who, in a way, is able to just give a simplistic, a simple, a simple definition of what liberty uh, 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 actually entails. It's not complicated at all. You can go to an ordinary person at a taxi rank, you can go to a bus station, explain to them that classical liberalism or liberty at least is, is really the idea that every individual should just be allowed to be themselves so long as they are not stepping on the next person's toes. I think, yeah, for me, that's that's a thought that just came up and I thought, yeah, let me look at his quotes because I know that he, he has a way of simplifying the whole idea as opposed to many academics who complicate the whole idea and end up making it difficult for us to break it down to the people on the ground. And mm. so I think it's part of why uh, the liberal movement and then the libertarian movements have been slow, so slow in growing in South Africa and in the African context. Uh, mm. There hasn't really been people willing to break it down like that, but he has done it. And if we bring it down here, I think it should assist our cause in, 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 in us trying to get this mentality that uh, individuals rise up, man, you have the power, you have the hands, you have the feet, mm. you have the brain, you have everything. If you have an idea, wake up, do that thing. Don't wait for anyone to come and save you. Mm. We, and only we can save ourselves really at the end of the day. Mm. Absolutely. I think, yeah. Th and guys, you can find this article at, uh, on our website at, uh, at f-an.net or freedomadvocacy.net as well as on our social media platforms at Badge of Liberty, uh, particularly Facebook and Twitter is where you'll find a lot of our written work. Uh, we've also got articles about explaining what the NDR is, which we've spoken about today. There's an article uh, outlining what a classical liberal is as well. And of course, you can find Tiago's piece there. And I think before to end off the segment of the show, I'm going to read the second uh, quote that Tiago cites in his article, which, which, which I thought was really cool, which says, all political theories assume that most individuals are very ignorant. Those who pleaded liberty differ in that they include among themselves, among the ignorant themselves, 
as well as the wisest. I think that is absolutely brilliant. So guys, on that note, let's jump into burning questions with Mbani. Yo, what's up? Hi guys, welcome to Burning Questions. Hi Alex, hi Sholen, hi Diego. I'm fine. Hey guys, today we are talking about... <laughs> um, so guys, today our code card comes from Mwele um, Zimbeki and he speaks about... Um, wait, can you guys see it on your screens? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, his code card reads, South Africa is a great country. We have a very poor government, and many people mistake the government for the people of South Africa. The government being a bunch of useless individuals, as Alex has been saying. <laughs> so, guys, let's just get into the code first before we get into the comments. Diego, uh, what are your thoughts on this code card by Mollet Mbeni? Well, my thoughts are that he's absolutely correct, um, but I would extend and I'd, I'd go further, a bit further and say that we have a poor government as well, precisely because our people are not holding it to account. So the two cannot be divorced from each other. They are intertwined in a way. So we really do um, need for the people to rise up and start taking care of their government. No one is going to take care of the government for us. We can't just entrust it with the politicians. We are paying their salaries. We are paying all public servants. It's really our money that goes into the whole thing. We must start taking care of it, hold everyone to account, and Mm -hmm. everything will start working very well. I don't think we have a poor government. Uh, Actually, I don't even think we have a poor government inherently. It's not an inherent Mm -hmm. thing. It's something that, yeah, currently it is like that. We have a poor government at the t- at this point in time, but it's not inherent. If we were to hold uh, our government to account, then we could we could get it to start working in a proper way. Sure. True, true. Um, the comments here, Shame, they are very positive. I think a lot of people agree with Mwilet in Beijing. It's kind of the first way we get comments that are a bit positive. I think it's <laughs> a great one. So Jackie Yang says, the wrong brother got to be the president all those years ago. Sholin, would you rather prefer Mwelezi Mbeki being president over his brother? Um, in this way, in the in this regard, um, all respect to Tabu Mbeki, but I would definitely have preferred Mwelezi Mbeki um, could have been our president or could still be our president right now. Yes. Um, I think his ideas are absolutely brilliant, and mm. yeah, I, I I definitely know that um, he has at many times. Um, condemned and even moved away um, from his associations with the ANC, specifically because he has seen what has occurred inside um, our national government um, with this regard, and he's seen the mess that has been made, um, mm. and he's not afraid to call it out. And uh, and he has a backbone, um, and that yeah. is always admirable um, in an individual. So yeah, much respect to Malaysia Mbeki. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think Bula also agrees with you as well. Um, and she says, wish you could be our president. Character, wisdom, courage, intelligence, and a man of integrity. Alex, do you agree with all that Bula is saying? Yeah, I like, I like the word integrity. Mm. I think that that's what we're lacking now. I mean, that's not to say, like, when I mean, when his brother was president, man, we had economic growth between, at mm. levels we haven't seen yeah. since. Yeah. Um, you know, the ANC was, well, the government, ANC-led government, rather. You know, mm. people were getting houses, people were getting electricity. Um, things were really, really moving in the right direction. Um, so, yeah, let's not take too much away from that administration. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think that those those aspects of a leader, wisdom, courage, integrity, is definitely something people should hopefully be looking at heading to 2024 what kind of character yeah. what kind of personality do you want um you know as we discussed on freedom fanatics about the sort of lip service that our current president does to to whoever he's mm -hmm. talking to in the room that's the kind of things yeah. we need to talk about and i think maybe that's maybe that's how we start looking at accountability with ourselves as voters um mm -hmm. as Tio says we need to hold our, our government to account is we need to we need to look at people's track records and and personalities and I think track record specifically, mm. uh, not what they say. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that's, that's a good start at least for to get uh, things back on track. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. The last comment um, is from Douglas and Douglas says, but didn't our people vote for our criminal government? It ties in with exactly what I mentioned, that they cannot be yeah. divorced. Our mm. people brought in this government, but it's not all of us. Uh, I must be honest; it's not everyone who voted for them. Uh, but, but it's a majority, and there must be a level of accountability on our part, if all the citizens, for our failure to build a strong civil society sector that would ensure that the government essentially does its job. I mean, if you mm. look at the mm. systems that we developed in South Africa through our constitution and all the laws, some of the progressive laws that we have, they do require that the civil sector does um, 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 do its job as well. So the government must do its job, civil sector must do its job, private mm. sector must do its job. That way the whole system gets to function properly. It's like a car engine. If one car is not functional, then it disrupts the whole thing from operating properly. So mm. it's that one sector that's missing in our politics right now for the people to really uh, wake up, as, as Wayne yeah. mentioned, people must yeah. wake up and holding people to account. True, Sean? Yeah, I was uh, just to add to uh, Douglas's um, comment there is that um, saying our people is also a bit misleading, I think, um, because what we see in constantly in South Africa is that there is this decline in people who are actually um, voting and actually participating. And I'm hoping to correction here, but we are currently seeing that there are more people, you know what, um, walking away and being like, now nah, we're not voting at all. Yeah. Then there are people who actually vote for the ANC. And usually the thing is that decisions and changes actually made by those who show up. And unfortunately, in this situation, the ANC voters do show up more than those um, who complain or who are dis dissatisfied. So mm. if you are frustrated or, or if you are dissatisfied with the way things are run in this country, a simple request, show up. That's all I have yep. to say. And actually vote in our next um, elections because then um, we can actually be the ones to be like, you know what, we voted in this yeah. government with the majority. So yeah, sitting on the sidelines is not an option. 
it's not an option, definitely. Guys, I think we've come to our nice, short and sweet end of burning questions. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, do remember to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Measure of Liberty. And yeah, man, your freedom is definitely worth fighting for. <coughs> oh, I just wanted to.